everybody wants an exciting life. Today, learn how to have the ultimate excitement in life. Here's Pastor Jeff Shreve. You know, there are two things that you can do on earth that you can't do in heaven. One of them is sin. The other is witness. There's no one to witness to in heaven. God has left us here on this earth to be his witnesses. And when you get in on what God is doing, you'll find that it's an exciting life to be a witnessing Christian. the Christian, witnessing seems to be the hardest part. But why is it so hard? We'll discover why and how to overcome the fear in today's edition of From His Heart with Pastor Jeff Shreve. Today's message is part one of the lesson called The Exciting Life of a Witnessing Christian. It's from Pastor Jeff's seven-message series, The Next Step. And the series is also our gift of thanks to you for your support of any amount from his heart this month. You can get the series in the format of your choice. Just reach out to us at fromhisheart.org, or I'll tell you more later. But first, are you ready to learn how to overcome your fears and be the bold, effective, loving witness God has called you to be? Turn now in your Bible to Acts chapter 1. Here's Pastor Jeff to begin describing the exciting life of a witnessing Christian. Luke, the gospel writer, Luke, the beloved physician, he also wrote the book of Acts. And he says in verse 1, The first account I composed, Theophilus, about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up after he had by the Holy Spirit given orders to the apostles whom he had chosen. To these he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many convincing proofs appearing to them over a period of 40 days and speaking of the things concerning the kingdom of God. And gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which he said, you heard of from me. For John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And so when they had come together, they were asking him, saying, Lord, is it at this time You are restoring the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know times or epochs which the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. And after he had said these things, he was lifted up, while they were looking on, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And as they were gazing intently into the sky while he was departing, behold, two men in white clothing stood beside them. And they also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the sky? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come in just the same way as you have watched him go into heaven." Our key verse is verse 8, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. Well, if you're going to overcome, if I'm going to overcome our natural fear, 
and, uh, and reservation about being a bold witness for Christ, there are three lessons that we need to learn, three lessons we need to know. Lesson number one, know the why. Know why we witness. See, why is a good question. Why, why do we have to do this? Uh, I mean, wh- why didn't God just send angels to do this? Angels could be uh, much better at witnessing than I could be because they would never get it wrong. They would never mess it up. They're holy angels. They're perfect angels. They show up on the scene. People uh, are scared to death because they're in the presence of an angel. Why didn't God just choose angels? Well, as the song says, Angels never knew the joy that my salvation brings. Angels aren't saved beings. They're created perfect. They don't know about God's grace in a personal way. And so God doesn't choose angels. He chooses us to do that. Why? Three reasons why we are called to be his witnesses. Uh, Reason number one is witnessing is the passion of the Lord's heart. The passion of his heart, that is what gets him going, is to witness, to evangelize, to see people come to know Christ. When Jesus was being interrogated by Pontius Pilate, Pilate asked him if he was a king, and Jesus responded to him and said this, for this reason I have been born, and for this reason I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Jesus was born. Jesus came into this world for the purpose of bearing witness to the truth. Why? Because you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. And Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So he came to tell people, listen, You are uh, sinners, and I am the Savior, and if you will trust in me, you can be saved. That was his message. The Bible says, Luke chapter 19, verse 10, the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. The Bible says, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. So the passion and the heart of the Lord is to see people come to him, to move from uh, darkness and misery and chains of a, a lost condition into the glorious light of his kingdom into a saved condition, to go from being in Adam, because the Bible says in Adam all die, to being born again in Christ, in Christ shall all be made alive. That's what he came to do. He came to witness that, to see people come to Christ so that the lost would be saved. So that's the passion of his heart. Why do we witness? Because that's the Lord's passion. Second reason is because witnessing is the command from his lips. The command from his lips. Acts chapter 1 is very clear. Jesus had been with the disciples for 40 days post-resurrection. They had seen him on many occasions. They knew that Jesus, they weren't seeing a ghost. They weren't seeing some kind of mirage. They actually could touch Jesus. He would say, touch me and see. A spirit doesn't have flesh and bone as you see that I have. Uh, Then he said, do you have anything to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish and he ate it before them. They knew that he was real. And so they had encounters with the resurrected Christ. But when Jesus was getting ready to go back to heaven, to ascend into heaven, he took the disciples and he went to Bethany on the Mount of Olives 
And before he ascended to heaven, he said the last thing, you shall be my witnesses. The Holy Spirit is going to come upon you not many days from now, and you're going to receive power, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest parts of the earth. That's the last thing he said. That's how Matthew ends his gospel. Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Witnessing is the command of his lips. Now, they wanted to talk to Jesus about the kingdom. Verse 6, Lord, is it this time that you are restoring the kingdom to Israel? Because, see, they had been uh, so indoctrinated in the fact that when the Christ comes, he sets up his kingdom. I mean, the Old Testament teaches that. But it teaches that concerning his second coming, not concerning his first coming. So they didn't understand. They just knew, okay, well, Jesus died and he rose again from the dead and we see him. And it's, Lord, are you setting up your kingdom now? And he said, it's not for you to know times and epochs which the Father has fixed by his own authority. You don't need to worry about when. You need to worry about what you are to be doing until I come again. And what you're to be doing is to be telling people about me. You're to be witnessing. You're to be sharing the good news with people so that they can come into a saving knowledge of me also. Witnessing is the command of his lips. And then thirdly, witnessing is the only hope for humanity. Why do we witness? Well, because it's the passion of the Lord's heart, because he commands us in his word. Uh, the, the great commission, Matthew chapter 28, is not the great suggestion. It's a command, go and do it. Interestingly, you know, you can't spell God and you can't spell gospel and you can't spell good news without the word go, G-O. Go, go, go. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere that Jesus Christ is Lord, that Jesus Christ has come to save sinners. Witnessing is the only hope for humanity. Now, do we really believe that? You know, everyone on planet Earth is on a sinking ship. And there is not deliverance, there is not salvation in government. Governments come and go. I mean, we make a big deal out of uh, elections and things like that. Our government has only been around for a couple hundred years. And who knows how long it's going to last. Governments come and go. There's not deliverance in government. There's not deliverance in riches. The Bible says riches do not profit in the day of wrath. You're not going to find deliverance and salvation in religion. John chapter 3 is clear about that when Nicodemus who was uh, a ruler of the Jews, the teacher in Israel, the most moral man on the planet, Nicodemus, came to Jesus by night and said, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher sent from God, for no one can do the works that you do unless God is with him. And Jesus looked at that guy and he said, truly, truly, I say to you, you must be born again. You can't see the kingdom of God unless you're born again. Unless you're born again, you can't see the kingdom of God. And then he says to him, unless you're born again, you can't enter the kingdom of God. You must be born again. The Bible gives us a picture in the Old Testament. You know, the Old Testament is all about Jesus. The, the Bible, Jesus is the hero of the Bible. 
And so in the Old Testament, it's all about Jesus, and you have pictures of the Lord Jesus. He's the Passover lamb in the book of Exodus. But even before the book of Exodus, we have a a really huge picture, uh, an object lesson of salvation in the story of Noah and the flood. God said he was going to destroy the world with a flood because every intent of the thoughts of their hearts of the world were only evil continually. And the thing had become, he said he looked at the world, it was like rotting meat. It was just awful. It was a stench in the nostrils of God and men weren't turning back to him. And he said, I I have to start over and I'm going to bring the flood of judgment. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. He found favor in the eyes of the Lord. And God spoke to Noah, and God told Noah to build an ark. Well, there there was room on the ark for people to come and be saved. And Noah was building that ship for 100 years. And Noah's called a preacher of righteousness. So he's preaching while he's building. He's telling people that God is going to destroy the world with a flood, but there is salvation in the ark. And there is salvation only in the ark. And when the flood came, there were only eight people on the ark. Although it was a massive ship and there were animals on the ark, but there was room in the ark for the salvation of many, but nobody came. And God closed the door, and then the flood of judgment came and carried those people away in judgment. Listen, that ark is a picture of Jesus. And this world is going down. It's, it's on a collision course with judgment from a holy God, and you are either going to be found in the Lord Jesus Christ, or you're going to be found in terrible trouble, because there is no middle ground. There is no Switzerland. It's either you're in Christ or you're in trouble. He is our only hope. Peter, on the day when he was arrested by the Sanhedrin, Acts chapter 4, he had an opportunity to share and speak up for the Lord Jesus. And he said in verse 12, and there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. That's the name Jesus. He is God's ark of salvation. So know why we witness. That's the passion of the Lord's heart. That's the command of his lips. That's the only hope for any person that you ever meet is a personal relationship with Jesus. Lesson number two, know how to witness. Not just the why behind it, but the how. How do I do this? See, many of us, we know the why. We struggle with the how. And that's what stops us. It's like, ah, that's no, not, I'm not good at that. I don't really know how to do that. So know the how, how to witness. First of all, there are three components to this. First of all, witnessing is done with your life and your lips. Both of those together are critical, your life and your lips. It's not either or. It's not like, well, you know, I'm just going to witness with my life. I'll let somebody else witness with his or her lips. I'm just going to witness with my life. People can see my life, and that's all there is to it. No, it's both. It's your life and your lips. Now, we call that in our church, shine and share. Your life is the shine. Jesus said, Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, the Sermon on the Mount, you're the light of the world. So let your light so shine among men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Your light is how you live, how you act, and how you react. 
Now, if you let people know that you're a Christian, one thing is for certain, they will watch you. They will watch to see, okay, you say you're a Christian. I'm going to see how you live. I'm going to see how you act at school. I'm going to see how you act at the workplace. I'm going to see if you, uh, when we start gossiping about people, if you jump in and join in and and you're dishing out dirt on everybody, I'm going to see how you do. I'm going to see when we go to happy hour, I'm going to see if you show up and if you drink with us. But it's, it's not only your life, it's your lips. You're also to share and to let people know what Jesus has done in your life. We witness with our life and with our lips. We tell people the love of Christ controls us, and we tell people the news that Jesus saves, and if you reject him, you're going to experience eternal death in a horrible place called hell. Now, when we talk about witnessing with our lips, the natural question is, well, Jeff, I don't know how to do that. I mean, I'm just not, I'm just not comfortable with that. I don't know what to say. So the second component of your witness of the how-to, witnessing is done by telling your story with his story. Your story with his story. See, when we think of a witness, the word witness is used in a court of law. We have witnesses in court cases. And the defense attorney, the prosecuting attorney, they, they call witnesses. Now, what is a witness in a court of law? A witness is just somebody who tells what they've seen, what they've heard, what they've experienced. See, they have a connection somehow with this case. And so they're there to give testimony concerning that case, what I saw, what I heard, what I experienced. Now, in the case for Christianity... Jesus is on trial, so to speak, because Jesus has made a claim that says, I am the way and the truth and the life. I'm not a way. I'm not a truth. I'm not a life. I am the, the only way, the only truth, the only life, and no one comes to the Father but through me. Now, that is a narrow claim. That's not saying I'm one way among many ways. No, I am the only way. So that case is on trial, so to speak. And you and I are witnesses to that truth, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but through him. And so we share how our story intersects with his story. We share how his life has changed our lives. When Jesus met the man from Gadara who had the legion of demons. Remember, he lived among the tombs. Mark talks about him in Mark chapter uh, 5. And this guy lived among the tombs, and everybody was afraid of him, and nobody could subdue this guy, even with a chain, because he was filled to the brim with demons, and he was uh, strong, and and, uh, everybody was steering clear of that guy. Well, when Jesus encountered him, Jesus spoke to the demons And uh, they said to him, uh, what do we have to do with you? Have you come here to torment us before the time? Please send us into the pigs. That was their request of Jesus. And Jesus sent them into the pigs. And when he sent them into the pigs, the pigs ran off the cliff and into the water and were drowned. As I told you before, they committed suicide. And so here are those pigs. (laughs) 
And this guy, all of a sudden, he's, he's delivered from all those demons, and he puts his faith and trust in the Lord Jesus. He's saying in his right mind, now he's clothed. He was naked before, now he's clothed. And Jesus is getting ready to leave that land of Gadara. And the man begs him, he said, please, Lord, let me go with you. And Jesus says to him, go home to your people and report to them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he had mercy on you. And that man went away and began to proclaim in Decapolis, the 10 cities of the Gentiles, what great things Jesus had done for him and everyone marveled. Why? Why did they marvel? Because of the shine because of the transformation in his life. This is the guy who had a legion of demons, and now all of a sudden, he is a totally different person, and he's preaching Jesus and telling people what great things the Lord had done for him and how he had mercy on him. See, you share your story, how it connects with his story. You just share your testimony. What happened to you? Now, every Christian, true Christian, has a testimony. Every false Christian doesn't have one. Every church person who's not really come to Christ, he doesn't have a testimony. She doesn't have a testimony. If that describes you today, someone who doesn't have a testimony, then our lesson today points to the step you need to take, and that is the step of faith in Christ alone, through repentance and faith, a sincere desire to live for Him. And when you do that and experience the newness of life that will be yours, your testimony will be steadfast and ready for God to use to bring others to Him. To find out more about what it really means to be in Christ, then go to fromhisheart.org, click the Why Jesus link. There's a lot of great information there, helps and free downloads to get you started on your Christian journey. Again, that's fromhisheart.org and click the Why Jesus link. Well, today is Valentine's Day across the nation, and a lot of people are going to tell somebody that they love them, and that's a good thing. There's also nothing better in this world than telling someone about the love of Jesus and having them ask the Holy Spirit to come into their lives. Why? Because that means eternally they will be in heaven. Would you seek out an opportunity to tell somebody about the love of God found in Christ? It will mean the world to them for now and for eternity. Today you heard part one of the lesson called The Exciting Life of a Witnessing Christian. Now it's just one of seven in Pastor Jeff's series, The Next Step. And you can hear any of the broadcasts that you may have missed this month when you go to fromhisheart.org and click the Listen link or request the unedited copies in the format of your choice. USB flash drive, digital download, CDs, or DVDs. It's our gift of thanks to you for your support from his heart this month of any amount. And we want to help you learn to share God's love with people around the world each and every day, as we're doing. Pastor Jeff is a volunteer for this ministry, receives no income from it. And he hasn't for 20 years, and that's how long we've been broadcasting on radio. To make your gift and get the Next Step series, call 866-40-BIBLE, 866-40-BIBLE or go online to fromhisheart.org. And God bless you for standing courageously with us to witness to the world about the love of Christ. Well, we're out of time for today. I'm Larry Nobles. Thank you for joining us, and we trust your Valentine's Day will be one where you received love 
and gave away more than you got. And on behalf of all of us at From His Heart, we'd like to invite you to be right back here tomorrow for part two of the lesson called The Exciting Life of a Witnessing Christian. Join us on Thursday as we again open up God's Word and share real truth, real love, and real hope from His heart. From His Heart is the listener-supported broadcast ministry of Dr. Jeff Shreve, broadcasting the truth in love for the past 20 years to a lost and hurting world. Remember, no matter what, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. Find out more at fromhisheart.org.